Hey, you guys, it's Miss Beth. And this episode, we are talking about kindergarten adjustments and what it's like to go from that warm and fuzzy preschool world into a more structured academic environment. This is an interview with a real life big city readers mom. And that is what you can find on this podcast, the Plan Words podcast. I Miss Beth um, am an early childhood educator and literacy specialist and work with parents and caregivers and teachers and also kids. And so this is sort of like a live coaching call, um, but you just get to listen in. As a reminder, this is not um, medical or academic advice, and you should not take anything out of this as a diagnosis for your child. We do discuss uh, gifted, what it looks like to have a gifted child a bit in this podcast. Um, This is not any form of diagnosing. And if you have any questions, you should, of course, um, consider doing a psychological evaluation um, for your child with a professional. So do not think that anything on this podcast will be a diagnosis for the parent that is on or for anyone listening. And one thing that's pretty funny about this is we talk a lot about problem solving in this episode and how to help your kids be problem solvers because spoiler alert, you can't protect your kids from everything, but you can set your kids up for success by giving them the tools to handle the stressful or transitional things in their life. So we actually, it was pretty funny. The podcast didn't record and I thought we had to record it again. The sound was mixed up and Katie actually problem solved her way through this and realized that she, it was her sound that was missing. It was just me originally. And I thought we had to re-record it. And she said, you know what? I figured it out. I can fix my sound. So we felt so proud. And now I feel more excited about sharing this episode because we really had to work through a lot with it. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, And this is what you can hear more of on this podcast. I am not really, I I will have some other experts, but in general, I wanted to bring this podcast to parents because there's a lot of noise and a lot of experts, quote experts um, out there. And I kind of want to make it feel a little bit easier and calmer. So I will be having real life parents on this podcast to ask their questions and I will workshop it with you. Um, so you can look forward to having more real parents ask real questions. And as always, if you have any questions or if anything comes up after listening to this, please reach out, um, send me a message on Instagram, big city readers, or send us an email. Hello at bigcityreaders.com. Um, and I will add it to our list of topics to cover here. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah. Okay. I am here today with one of my favorite people in the whole world, (laughs) a preschool, almost kindergarten mom, my friend Katie, who I've known since her oldest was a baby taking big city readers classes. And today we're going to talk about your experience with preschool, your fears about kindergarten, all the things. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Sorry, Millie just decided to say Millie. Millie was right on cue. And Millie, and I really need you to not do that. Okay. (laughs) 
and she listens because responsive, responsive parenting, responsive class. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Katie, what do you want to tell? Do you want to give like a little bit of background? Because so today we can talk, we're going to talk about like how you're feeling Mm -hmm. from my understanding. You are feeling a little bit like there was a lot of social emotional focus in preschool and you're worried academically. Tell us a little bit more about your story. Yeah. So I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old, five-and-a-half-year-old and a a two-year-old. I think Hazel, like most kids that are like that age bracket and like frankly, like a lot of kids that are in school right now that were in a weird place during COVID, like the school pipeline has been a little more challenging than it might have been otherwise because for two years she was at our house and only basically with me and my husband. So, um, yeah, cause she was like, two, like when the world shut down, she yeah. was two when the world shut down. So, um, and like already, you know, like wasn't, we didn't have a nanny. We didn't have, she didn't go to daycare or anything. So like it was just us, like solely us. And then, um, I had run in April of 2021 and that was a big transition. And then she started preschool, um, pre-K three in, August of 2021. So like a lot happened all at the same time. And we started in CPS pre-K. As you know, it didn't go great. Yes. (laughs) Part of the reason why I have some of my lingering trauma. It is trauma. It is really bad. She was in a situation with like a teacher that pretty much like within the first three days decided she was like this specific type of kid who was not helpable in um, a public preschool environment, which I think is very not true and very silly. And, but I, at the same time, like I've never watched 33 year olds at the same time. So like, I can't say, but um, seems stressful, but she, it went very quickly to like, maybe this is not the right thing for her. Maybe she should go to a special preschool and it was putting her down a pipeline that I didn't think was necessary. So I pulled her out in, I think like by the last week of September mm-hmm. and, um, put her in the school that she has been in ever since, which is, um, smart love preschool. And they are Montessori like in that, um, it's a lot of like social, emotional, you know, stuff. And if you create the right environment for them to thrive and be friends and be social, like the learning just is as in naturally occurring next step. And as they, have the creative freedom to learn, then they will want to learn in a more structured way is like kind of the idea. Yes. But, and we love it. They're amazing. But at the same time, and she's going to kindergarten there next year. But then after that, that's the end of the road. So like, can't go further with this school. <laughs> cannot. This, cannot. And the school, like from, and I have, I have a lot of my friends who are like in, in different situations. Um, and, and they all love it and they all think of it as like a very safe space and yeah. they are all very afraid of whatever is next. Yeah. And like I said, she is – they are so sweet to her. They are so, so patient because it's like a three-to-one, you know, like teacher ratio. It's just like – The dream. The, the, it's the dream. So it's like at what point then do we kind of like have to face the music in terms of like this has been the – dream learning environment and this is not sustainable like long term in almost any way shape or form and she is the kind of kid because of the freedom she's been in hi Millie (laughs) (laughs) because of the freedom she's been given um she is not the kind of kid who like 
performs on cue or if you're like, mm. I want to give you a test. I want to see what you can do. She's just like, what if I did something else entirely? And everybody's like, love that too. <laughs> That's great, but at some point she will have to do something <laughs> the teacher asks her to do it. So. Oh, I know. Oh, this is – okay, so basically you are, like, feeling – well, first of all, you're tr- – like, that is true. I, I would say, like, you have every right to feel all the things because you went to a place that you thought – school, you went to a, a place – that is a public school that is required to help everyone. And they told you we can't help your child who is, is as far as we know, neurotypical. Like it's not like you came in with an IEP. It's not, this was just, just no, not, not a good fit. My neighborhood school is not a good fit. It was like, and you know, like you said for the longest time, it was her hardest thing has always been transitions. It was like, she wasn't transitioning fast enough from like, whenever they would eat breakfast to like sitting on, sitting on the floor for story time. She had, you know, for her whole life has always had the ability and freedom to just like eat for as long as she wants, because like, why would she need to eat faster? Like that, that like has that, you know, those guardrails have never existed for her. So like they would just leave her behind. And like, as those like, you know, transitions started to like bump up on each other, they just kind of were like, this is not a kid we can deal with. We're past (laughs) being able to deal with this. I am sorry that that happened. I know we've talked about it a lot since this was a few years ago now, but I, it's still like, I I hate hearing that. Unfortunately, like you are not in a minority position. I have heard that. Yeah. I've heard so many parents saying so many similar things and it's not even, I would say like the fault of teachers. It's, it's like the not being prepared enough, just like, just like for toddlers, like knowledge is power. So we can prep them for things. We can help them with transitions, but with, you know, teachers, they're expected to be experts of so many things. And unfortunately the training is not as, as wonderful as it could be for everyone. So, you know, some things just are like, this is the way it is. And those teachers kind of like make a bad first impression on someone's very first experience. So, and like I said, I've never, had 33 year olds in one yeah. room and tried to herd a bunch of cats to like do the same thing. But it was like for, I think for any kid that kind of like transition is rough, but I think especially for like a kid who has had, who is such an, like she became such an independent person and like an independent kid and in the way that she plays and the way that she eats and the way that she does all these things. Cause I, she's never had to have anybody be like, you got to do it faster. You have to stop at this time. You have to do these things. So like, it was a very hard transition. So like in a way that's like part of this experience of her preschool has been so flexible that I am concerned that we are going to like start the clock over again in terms of like it, when whatever she goes to next in, in first grade, I think obviously first grade is going to have a fair amount of structure. <laughs> and I'm concerned that like, we're going to start the clock again and it'll be okay. like, you know, so you won't, you won't. Okay. You won't. Well, I'm going to help you. Obviously I got your back, but I, if you're, if this is uh if you're listening to this on audio, we are laughing because my dog thinks she's a lap dog and is trying to sit in my lap. She's doing it. So she's succeeding. <laughs> she is. She's a 50 pound lap dog. I, you're ridiculous, Millie. We also, she also has had the social, emotional, gentle preschool experience. She's perfect. <laughs> she's, she's perfect. So I think it's totally, first of all, 
I can already say that Hazel is going to be just fine in the academics. And it's totally normal that you're feeling the way that you're feeling. And the biggest thing, this is, this is going to be, um, this is the hard thing. It's going to be your, your fixing of your energy of, of the fear because your fear is like, that's the biggest thing. It's not that Hazel's not going to be ready. It's, it's your, it's your fear because of your traumatizing experience. Like, honestly, it was probably way more traumatizing for you than Hazel in preschool. So like, I would, I would say like, you really, can you not? I would say like, that is going to be the thing because if we're looking at it from getting ready to go to kindergarten, lens like the biggest thing is how you talk about kindergarten Mm -hmm. so often parents are the ones that are scared so like we're a little bit projecting by being like what if they're not ready what if this happens and it's because you know all the things that have already happened they're not really that afraid of it but we will put that on them so I would say I would say that's that's the one thing is that like I that's that's your own trauma to and, and I mean, but it, you, but it's not like it's a light trauma. It's like, it's, it's you right. like that you were hurt. And it was probably even like, I would like go as much to say as like a childhood wound because like, like a teacher, like someone that you, you're like, I'm a grown up now. And then like someone that I'm expecting to be there for my child isn't, it was probably like triggering in so many yeah. And it's like, I went to a really, I went to a really, really small school growing up. Like, yeah. and, uh, I have dealt, like we all have with like all different types of teachers and all different types of learning experiences. And like, I was like, oh, I'm, you know, it's certainly if I came from very, very small rural Southern town that like Chicago public schools going to knock it out of the park. It's going to be <laughs> amazing. And it's going to be, oh, it's going to be so good. And I'm the idiot. And no! I say that Chicago public schools cannot be amazing. Right. And I know that there are so many teachers who do such good things. And I also know that they're given a set of circumstances that are almost impossible to yes. manage. Yes. But at the same time, it's like it did not seem in 2021 uh, that there was a lot of flexibility for kids like Hazel who had no siblings, had no time with other kids mm. her age, didn't get a lot of outdoor play because the thing we don't remember about the um, pandemic back then is that no public playground or public parks were open. Yeah. And I was pregnant and I didn't want to have to fight somebody to like by taking my kid to a public. It's not like they chained the doors or anything, but like I was pregnant and I didn't want anybody to yell at me and I just like couldn't do it. So like she had not been on a playground. She had not been with other kids. She had not been away from me. It was like all of these things. And I didn't feel like there was a lot of flexibility for that. Yes. Yes. Well here that's, you just said the things that you need to remind yourself of is that now she has been away from you. Now she has been on playground. Now she has had experience in a classroom. Now she does have experience with lots of other kids. So, so she has, and you have a lot more knowledge. So that's the one thing you need to remind yourself, which is like, your brain has probably been like storing that like pain of like that rejection and like abandonment Mm -hmm. from like the school that you were like, oh, 
this was my first experience. Like, it's like, so it's the first time. Okay. So like when kids are going like to kindergarten for the first time, or if they're going to preschool for the first time, we have to like, remember it's the very first time. And so our brain is so scared unless it has evidence that we've done it before. Like think about like your very first flight, actually, even my first flight post pandemic, I was like nervous and I felt like I didn't know how to like be on a plane. And it, it had been like, you know, a year. And I was just like, I was like, am I doing this right? Like, you know, you get in a habit of doing things. And I was so scared. And I remember the pilot, I like went to the bathroom before the plane took off and the, and the pilot came out and I was like, I was just like, he like was like, are you coming to see me? And I was like, <laughs> I know I was like, no, I was just going to the bathroom. I was like nervous. And he was like, I'm just kidding. And he said something like, um, careful, don't fall through. There's a hole in there or something. And I was like, what? And then I was like, and he goes, I'm kidding. And I was like, oh, sorry. I'm just like nervous. I feel like I forgot how to fly. And then he was like, oh, well, don't worry. I didn't. And he, he, I know it was so sweet. He came over to me in my seat and was like, I was totally joking. I know how to fly. And even Millie, stop. Even if you're afraid, like planes were made to fly, like they're just made to glide. So even if I'm not the best at this, like the plane just glides. And I was like, yeah. And so you just like need that reminder of how things work. So since like that was your first experience as a mom going to take your child to preschool. So your brain only had that as how it goes down. Like it only is telling you, oh, if something goes wrong, we get kicked out. Right. And that was your experience. So it didn't have enough evidence of like, no, the teacher and I are on the same team. No, the teacher is is going to have my back. Like, oh, my child is going to be received and loved. And and like that one that one person who might have just like been having an off year. Really, I'm going to not be happy with you if you keep doing this. <laughs> that one person that, you know, was just like maybe having an off year or whatever, like really damaged that experience. So, so we can remember now that Hazel has so much more experience and evidence of, of what to do. And it's, it's not even, okay. So here's the thing that is like a little bit tricky because we want to like have them be able to do everything on a checklist and like, make sure we're getting all the academic things and all the, you know, blah, blah, blah. But school is, well, actually, So if if we're looking at the kindergarten standpoint, I know we're talking about like what's happening next year too, but so like kindergarten standpoint or going to first grade, wherever your child is at, they are ready. Like if they are that age, they are ready. It's oftentimes those schools that might not be ready for them. (laughs) Proven. (laughs) Proven. Exactly. So but now we know kind of what to look for. Now we know like what doesn't feel right. So I'll give you some tools too on what to do, but I would say the things to focus on one are like healing your fear because it's real. It's real. And like, Oh my gosh, sorry. My, I'm going to have to not have a dog anymore. Sorry, Millie. <laughs> Millie, you're going to go live with Katie and Hazel. She can come. I'll oh. open invitation. <laughs> that would be so actually, I feel like she is Hazel's spirit animal. Um, <laughs> But I would say like, like healing that, that it's like, so, so it's so overwhelming to imagine that that could happen again in a public school, but knowing now that you have more tools and Mm -hmm. you have more ways to problem solve is the exact same thing that's going to help 
Hazel. So we don't want Hazel to like go to school next year with all of the, like being the best academically because school is made to teach kids. So how boring would it be if they knew everything? So taking that away, we just need to make sure that she feels confident enough in her problem solving abilities. So like one, she knows how to say, I don't understand this. She knows how to ask for help when something's not working. And she knows how to show what she does know. So maybe that looks a little bit um, different in test taking, but I wouldn't say like you need to like get out flashcards and start drilling her. Right. But she's going to start to show a lot of what she knows in different ways. And we can help her do that, like by teaching her how to problem solve and Mm -hmm. how to like advocate for herself. So, so if maybe like someone is giving her an assessment and you're nervous that she like does know it, but she doesn't want to sit down for the assessment. Right. We can start saying, okay, Hazel. So sometimes in some schools you have to sit down for a test. Sometimes you can stand up, which would let's practice one, which would you like to do? And then like do it for like 30 seconds and let her choose, Mm -hmm. let her choose standing up if she wants to. Yeah. And then have her switch with you and mm-hmm. say, now you give me, now you give me a little quiz. What mm-hmm. should, uh, what do you want to quiz me on? And she's probably going to be like, mm, your ABCs. And then you say, okay, I'm going to choose sitting down. And then you can narrate that for her and say like, Ooh, sometimes I really like to hop around the room. So I don't really like sitting down, but I'm going to try it for today. Mm-hmm. And like, kind of like out loud speak yeah. what, your processing because then that's going to help her think about how to process that too. Yeah. So if you start, you know, start saying that. So like give her the options, even if she's still choosing, mm-hmm. like, I want to wander around. Like I know she wanders when she does my classes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So always then has. <laughs> always has, but she always. takes it in. And unfortunately like schools, I wish that schools were set up to let kids like learn how they learn. Right. But- it's not always there. Some are. Yeah. But I mean, she, um, like, but that's really, that's really helpful, honestly, because I have been telling Kevin, like, as I, I like, I feel like a lot of this is as a lot of parents are figuring out first grade and also like kindergarten in the next year, they're going to have to think about like, if they want to do, if they want to try for like a CPS gifted program, they have to be assessed at some point, which it like yeah. feels insane for like four and five year olds to like be assessed in like any sort of real way. So like yeah. I have to, I like, I told Kevin, I was like, I don't know if she can handle that. He was like, I think you're projecting your own, like, you know, your own I know. anxiety onto this. Yeah. Like, she'll be fine. But like, but you know, that's one of those, like, it's, it's not the stuff that they would ask her. It's just like how she reacts to the exactly stuff. it. There's nothing that you, there's no, like, this is the things they need to know. It's just that they need to know how to problem solve. Mm-hmm. So what you can do to set Hazel up for that kind of success or like kids that are getting ready to do a gifted assessment is they can like go out to a coffee with one of your friends, you know, like have them practice having a conversation with an adult mm-hmm. without you. Yeah. I'll do it for Hazel. I'll take her out. But, or even like if you have like a neighbor, you know, have them practice that independence of talking with an adult and, and processing that. Because of course we know that they can show us all the things that they know, Mm -hmm. but if they are overwhelmed or in a situation that they've never been in before, Mm -hmm. then they're not going to, they're going to be thinking about how to problem solve this. And they're going to be thinking about being with a new adult and a new experience. 
So they're not going to show the academic skills that they know. So mm-hmm. see if you have like a neighbor that you can like ask Hazel to go to the neighbor's house and ask if she can water their plants or like have a conversation sitting out in front. Like she needs practice independently talking with an adult. Got it. That's okay. what I think is the best way to practice yeah. um, getting kids ready for a test. It's not like quizzing them on things. Right. That's super duper helpful because I like, I do know people that like when they prepare their kids for that, they like print out the like, you know, last year's assessment and they like go through the questions with them. And I'm like, I can't, like, she's not going to sit for that. It doesn't really matter if a parent does it with them. (laughs) Like it it, like almost, it has to be a stranger. So you're ahead. Great. Okay. Can you tell me like what, okay. What like academic stuff do you are you stressed about? Because Hazel knows a lot, everything. She does know a lot, but it's like one of those things of like, I, some of her friends, like, you know, when they write like the thank you notes from the little birthday parties or whatever, um, they will like write their name on every single one. And like, she is not interested in writing her own name. She's not interested, like, but she will draw you the most elaborate picture that has ever existed on the history of the world. And like, like yesterday she drew a picture of me and like two of her friends and like holding hands, doing these things like very elaborate. And like, she used to be like huge heads and like no bodies. And now she's like started to add the bodies and everything, but it's like, doesn't, doesn't write her own name. A friend of it's, this is like some parenting projecting stuff, but like you get like other kids, like parents, like will film their kids, like opening a book and like reading it, reading it, but like reading it. And you know, she'll, as we've, I've told you before, like, she'll like take a receipt and sometimes and be like, no returns. I'm like, how did you read that? And she's like, eh. <laughs> but like, that's, that's like, she'll read like text in the wild and I'll be like, what did you say? And she's like, nothing. Did, did she have early language development? I don't know. Did she? But. <laughs> 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 Wait, but she had a long attention span as a as a toddler, right? Yeah. Because yeah. she used to, like, there's a video of her when you were reading the Gruffalo, and she would read it, like, whenever you used to read on, like, she whenever it was pandemic time, then we would, like, do class in her room, and you'd send the books beforehand. She would p- pile all the books up, and as you did it, she would read along with you every single book. Like, she would, that was her thing that she did, that, like, she would take the, like, read the book along with you. So... Wait, we can take this out later if you want. But have you ever considered testing her for being gifted? I was going to next year. Okay. Like in the fall. Um, do you want me to pause this? I was just saying. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you were like, I-, I can, I'll come back to, okay, 23. But the reason I'm asking that is because, um, because so many kids that I see, and I'm not an expert in gifted education. It's and it's not just teaching kids at a higher level. It is a different type of brain. And I have seen a couple of kids in preschool that I've done assessments with, and their preschool has said like, "Oh, they don't write their ABCs and they don't write their name." Mm-hmm. And I do an assessment with them, and they are their skills are like through the roof. And the parents are always like, "They they don't." they don't like test this well usually. And I think because I don't make them sit still and, and like four out of the five that I've 
thought this about have gone and gotten tested and were gifted, but it's because like, I think that the gifted brain is like, that's pointless and useless. So it's almost like, it seems like they're not like doing, working hard, but like, they're just like, writing my name is foolish because it's just like their brain moves faster. And it's like, this is pointless to me. Why would I write my name 50 times? I'm going to write it once. And then I have a lot of other things to do. That's kind of her vibe overall of like, I like she, and she's so independent and that like, she finds all these things and like, she knows where all the things are and she like, doesn't need to ask for help to like draw or to like do stickers or whatever. And she like sets up these whole elaborate things and like, yeah. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not a diagnostician, but I bet she is because it is like people mix up what gifted is all the time. They think it's just like a high level, higher level of intelligence. And I even have a friend who was like, oh, we're having the first grade teacher tutor him. And I was like, no, he's gifted. It doesn't mean he just needs higher academics. It's like a different kind of learning. Like it's, Mm -hmm. and that's why like it is, that's why it is important. It's not like, oh, I hope we get into the gifted program. It's like, no, if you do have a gifted child, you want them to get into that because that teacher is trained in a different type of teaching Mm -hmm. to help kids that are like that, you know, sometimes, and actually sometimes you see like kids that like want, would rather do a puzzle by themselves than like socialize. And that's Hazel. That's always been her thing. Yeah. And, And then also there's like, sometimes I think people will be like, Oh, like be polite, go talk to your friends. And it's like, no, but it's not rude. It's just like, it just doesn't make sense to them right now. It's just like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So what'd you say? That has been her thing. Like that's always like the feedback we have always gotten is that she plays so independently that like they've only been worried about like her socialization with like other kids and that she loves reading more than anything else. And like that is her like safe spot of like if she's upset or like overstimulated, that is how she like gets herself back to like regulation. That is interesting. I would be curious about that you say is your biggest concern or what what you're like hoping over the next couple of months you can support her in the school transition from more play-based to more academically rigorous well I think like transitions like all kids a lot of kids are her biggest hurdle and uh, a hard part about this is because like she loves the school so much she loves her teachers so much she's like on a first name basis with all of her teachers and like her preschool director and like all these things and she will have to leave like that. It is the end of the line and her sister gets to stay and her, her sister is just starting school there now in the play school. So like she will have to leave and her sister will get to stay. And the other thing is, is that like her very close, I feel like this is like this at a lot of like daycares and preschools that it's just like at a certain point, like at kindergarten age, kids start to disperse yeah, and, like we're close to these uh, these certain kids, and like they disperse, and then you kind of are like at square one, mm-hmm. a little bit in terms of like that's a big trend. Like her, one of her classmates that she's super close to is going to first grade. Another one is going to kindergarten somewhere else. So it's like the, her two closest buddies are not going to be there next year, regardless, and they are going to separate places. They're not going to the same place. So it's like it's a big transition for her. So it's like how do I? support her in all of those changes and get her ready for her own changes of like, you know, school and everything else. Okay. So 
Okay, there's a couple of things. One, you can remind yourself of this, that we know that research shows that a, found, a strong foundation in the social emotional development of the first five years is going to positively influence the academic achievement in later grades. So like, even though like, that's why, and you know this, cause I'm obviously it's the play on words. I'm really into play-based. So that is a foundation for mm -hmm. academic success. So one, remember that Two, think about like, um, think about talking about, well, first of all, like let her feel the feelings. So I would mm -hmm. say it's, it's such a fine line between letting her feel the feelings and guiding our own agenda, not our own agenda, our own thoughts. So like, mm -hmm. instead of being like, are you feeling sad that that friend has left? Mm -hmm. Like I would say through play, like maybe you're playing with dolls with her or dinosaurs or something. And you can talk about like one of the dinosaurs, you know, is sad that their friend moved. And so then she might take a dinosaur and say, I'm sad too that my friends left the school. So just doing that little shift from like going from like, are you sad? Because kids sometimes will want to like, they, they want to give the right answer. So like, mm -hmm. if we say, are you sad? They're like, oh, does she want me to be sad? But so, so like kind of like letting her have the space. So like do it through play, play versus question asking at this age is going to be really helpful. Mm -hmm. So whatever she's into, also, I would like narrate what's going on for you. Like you mm -hmm. maybe have neighbors that are, have moved good neighbors that you liked that have moved and yeah. not, not the bad neighbor, <laughs> but like, and just like say it either like to Kevin or like to her, like, Oh, I really missed my friend today. What do I, what, and what do I need to do when I miss my friend? What are some things I could do? Oh, I could write her a letter. I could call her on the phone. And so again, you're showing her how to problem solve. So we're not taking away the pain or the problem. We're just showing her the tools that she also has. So mm -hmm. we, I know, I know you know this cause you are, you've been my friend for so long, but the, the things that we need to give them their thoughts. Mm -hmm. So we need to like say out loud so many things that happened to us. So maybe that's like, Oh, I'm really sad today because like I used to run with this friend and she got hurt and now I can't do that. So we're just, we're not saying like that problems won't happen. We're just showing her opportunities to do that. So then also I would say model how to make a friend and how you're feeling about making a friend. So like, even if it's just tiny moments, like, um, oh, I went to dinner with Susie and Maddie I don't even know people with those names, <laughs> but Maddie brought her cousin and I was feeling like kind of nervous because I've never met her before. Mm -hmm. And then I remembered like, oh, I can use like my brave brain talk and I can say, I'm really good at making friends. And I remembered one of the things I like to do when I'm making a friend is I like to just say, hey, I like your shirt. My name's Katie. And then you know what? She said, my name's Sammy. And that was it. That was all I had to do. Like showing like how to like, just like to say something you like about someone and mm -hmm. to say I'm Hazel. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment of you telling her that you did that, it's going to go a lot further than you saying, go say hi, go say hi, I'm Hazel. Go yeah. like, Because then she's just learning that she does that when you tell her to do that. Mm -hmm. But if you start helping her to think 
bigger about the possibility of making new friends and that everybody's making new friends and that she's not alone in the way that she feels, then she's going to have more tools where she can say, oh, I felt sad today because I didn't have a lot of friends. So I said, my name's Hazel. I like green and you're wearing green. You know, just showing like that it's that small Mm -hmm. because, you know, like, um, I don't know, some, I read some article on making a friend at some point in my life. And it was, uh, I can't even remember who was it, who it was, but it was like going to a shelter to pick out a dog. And this mom took her daughter and the daughter was like, this is the one I want. And she's like, why do you want that one? And she said, because it picked me. And like, you know, like, so like we think like we have to be a certain way, but really like you can make a friend just by like, being there. So like showing her, you know, you just say like, hi, I'm Hazel. I like that. And then it's like, oh, we play together. And then also like teaching her like, oh, sometimes you play together today. Sometimes you know, not, not tomorrow. And you can even show her that like me and daddy today, we went out to lunch together and tomorrow he went out to lunch with a friend, like, but we're still mm-hmm. friends. And sometimes I'm sad and I miss him, but I know like, then I'll say, Hey, do you want to play with me again tomorrow? Mm-hmm. One other thing that's really important at this stage is teaching kids how to lose. Mm -hmm. And so like, maybe if you're playing a game, like you have to teach them how to lose by like modeling, like, Ooh, I'm really disappointed, but actually I had fun playing that game with you so that they can see, because so many kids want to just be like, this is what I want to play. And nobody wants to play with me, but like the amount of time I hear that. (laughs) And because of course everyone wants to do what they want to do. And I always like to remember you can either have um, connection or be right. Mm -hmm. I heard someone say. And so that's obviously an adult thing to think like, okay, do I want to be right here or do I want to have connection with this person? So if we put that in kid terms, like we can say, do you want to play that game or do you want to be with that friend? Which Mm -hmm. one is more important to you right now? Mm -hmm. Because both are important. And if it's more important to you to play with that friend, can you play what they're playing and mm-hmm. ask them if you can join in. Mm-hmm. And they might say no. Yeah. Sometimes we want to play by ourselves or sometimes we want to play with just that friend. Maybe you just want to play with Renny sometimes, you know, but you can always ask. And if they say no, then you can go choose to play the, that game alone. So mm-hmm. like showing them like how to have the conflict and I would model it too. Like I would, I would get silly. And I think she's, she can understand this. If you say like, let's pretend we're meeting each other for the first time. And, you know, like say like, Hi, I like your shoes. My name's Katie. She'll probably think it's hilarious that you're saying my name's Katie to her. <laughs> True. <laughs> and then like, say like, okay, you try it. And then like, and, and she'll do it. And as you practice it, I would say like pick tiny moments to practice it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just could be a five minute thing where you practice like, oh, I'm playing with Play-Doh. Do you want to join me? Then you could also like make it kind of silly. I feel like she would like this, but you could pretend you're different people like, hi, I'm Sarah. (laughs) And like, just like pick different names and have her like practice those scenarios. So I feel like that would help. Yeah. Okay. These are super helpful, honestly. And she is somewhat versed in playing pretend as we took her to Colonial Williamsburg and had to explain that everyone here is playing pretend. (laughs) And (laughs) this is just pretend. Everyone has just agreed we are playing a large game of pretend. Oh my God. That was a rough thing to understand. Yeah. I was like, everyone's playing pretend. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
That's funny. I would also say one other thing. Wait, wait, so, okay. What? Okay. I feel I'm like talking in circles. Did we answer all of the questions of your fears or is there more academic? I think that's my fears have been addressed. (laughs) As best you can, as best you can address them, they have been addressed. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm like, I'm looking back over like the questions that you had sent me. So then I was like, did we answer that? Everything gets answered in a roundabout way, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say the biggest things are how to handle things that are upsetting, how to ask for help from a grown up mm-hmm. or a friend, how to speak up for yourself. Yep. Check your energy that you might like yep. your fear. She might not be having the fear. She might just be feeling your fear. Yeah, totally. Teach her how to lose and teach her how to make a friend. And then also give her opportunities to have conversations with grown ups that she doesn't know. That's so helpful. Sorry, yeah. we'll be doing that this summer because we have enough other like random adults in our life that that is like a fairly easy thing to do. And that is like such an easy tip that you like, it's like we, like I could swap kids with like one exactly. of my friends. <laughs> That's a great they're idea. Same thing. They're just, they're going through the same thing. So it's like, I can just be like, I'll take Louie and you know, Mari takes Hazel. And it's like, it's so easy to like do that kind of thing and see. Oh how my gosh. Goes. You could just like take 20 minutes, go for a walk and then meet back up. Exactly. And then guess what? Another skill to practice after that is say, tell me about it. Tell me what you mm-hmm. talked about. Because that's also like the thing that, you know, kids have like at the end of the day when you're like, how was your day? And they're like, it was fine. I'm like, what did you do? And they're just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Well, I, you know what I think about that though? It's so funny. I, I think about, cause I'll do this like with my niece or something. I'm like, tell me everything. And it's like, can you imagine just like for a minute, can you imagine that you spent eight hours with 25 people Like no one does that as adults. I mean, I guess people that like work in a corporate office, but like even you have like cubicles and stuff, but like 25 people that you're like basically touching at all times, you know, you're lined up together, your, your, your backpacks are next to each other, you're sitting next to each other on the rug and you're supposed to be quiet. Yeah, you're supposed to not talk for eight hours when you're with your favorite people. Can you imagine being at a dinner party, a full day brunch, lunch, dinner? and not talking and just listening to like one person just like speak at you. And also you're supposed to be like paying attention and keep your body still and like go to the bathroom on a schedule. That would be my nightmare. Yes, correct. Mine as well. Like, and we're just like expecting kids who have way less resources than us as adults to be regulated at all times, five days a week. No, no. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. Like kids should be playing and climbing and like outside and, and they can have these social interactions and learn to lose and to make friends and to do all these things. And guess what? We could also incorporate learning into it, academics into it. Like, am I going to start a school? I, Beth, you are, you and I both know you have had 500 people ask you to do this. And there's a year. If you could get it done in the next year, that would be really super helpful. No pressure, but like, you know, that'd be I great. want it to be outside though. I like, there's a, there are schools just like steal a little bit from like all types of learning. Just like steal a little Waldorf, steal a little Montessori, steal just a little bit and like, I think that's everybody's perfect school honestly <laughs> I, I actually there are some people i think that love like the strict and i and i do ask people that like what i'm like they're like okay i want my child my preschooler to like sit still in circle time like that's our goal and i was like what's your goal for your child in life like do you want them to just like 
blindly follow what anyone tells them to do. They're not going to like be ambitious or creative or invent anything. Like how boring. I once dated a guy. <laughs> I think you knew this one, but he, um, <laughs> I like went to meet his family and his mom brought out like clippings. <laughs> Sorry, just like remembering this clippings of him from high, the high school paper about how he was such a sweet boy and he was such a good boy. Everybody like thought he was such a good boy. He was so good and he followed directions so well. And I was like, how boring. That's the biggest thing that you can say that he's a good at following directions. He's 30 years old. This is like every hometown on The Bachelor. It's just like every hometown. It's just like people going to like th- like these like girls' houses and the dads being like, she's such a good girl. <laughs> My not if like Hazel, God forbid she's ever on The Bachelor. When she gets here, I would like to be like, she was a menace to society. <laughs> years and I loved it that's right that's why you are the best mom ever that is what you want people to say they were a menace and why she was a menace and like I I, like they broke stuff they colored on stuff and it doesn't matter it's like that's like what I've been trying to embrace as a person who likes stuff it's just like all of it's fine. All of it's breakable. And she can be a menace to society as long as she's kind and friendly and not and not rude and like all those things that I would yeah, like. A good her. menace. A good, good menace. Good trouble. Yeah. I would like her, yeah, I'd like her to ask good questions and like notice things about other people and, you know, ask a lot of questions. And like, you know, it's I am constantly like as 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 I projected my fears, I also say that like all of her friends and like she included all are like blowing me out of the water with like the kind of things that they're interested in. Like her friend can say every single planet and some of the moons of the planets and like the history of Rome. And like, (laughs) it's just, it's wild. And like, that's something that they like decide to do on their own. And that's why I'm like trying to get over my fear of being like, can she write her name? Cause it's like, she can write her name, but also she can like, she has a friend who knows the history of Rome and wants to talk to her about it. And, and, she, and they have that conversation. They talk about it. Yeah. Okay. That's better than anything. They don't need to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. You figured it out. You did it. <laughs> like, that's amazing. Yeah. Can she, can she build her name with Play-Doh? She will. Does she hate Play-Doh? Oh. She loves Play-Doh, but it's oh, like. Good. At, like when she'll do her ear classes, it'll be like, she'll be like, roll it out. And she'll like, ki- she like 50% of the time she rolls it out. And she's like, oh, it looks like this. And like, we'll start making other things with it and like gets in her own head. And then like, we'll come back as soon as like she perks up is like, soon as you ever like, and we're going to read a story and it's this. And she'll be like, oh, okay. Honestly, go. that's honestly, that's so much better because, okay. Like the goal of learning is to like, Okay, so from the first for until third grade, we're we're learning to read, and then mm-hmm. we're reading to learn. So like same thing with writing. Like we're writing our name because we practice writing the name because it's like it's the first, it's the most important word to them. But to a child that like just kind of sees the world bigger, they're like, my name, sure, cool. I want to write a book, you yeah. know. Like, I th- I think I've told you this story and maybe I actually said it in this podcast, but my brain is a little bit different like that. And I remember I was in a comedy class 
and the teacher was like teaching us about prop work. And he was like, you have two chairs and you put them together. And what do you have? And I was like, a conversation. What would you say? I I don't even know. But I will tell you anecdotally that the, all the smartest and funniest people I know are taking improv classes. So I don't know what that's that right. says about. Oh, A Second City was written by University of Chicago. It was like created by University of Chicago, like medical students. It's Comedy is the highest form of intelligence. Yeah. Our friend who's a like very, very famous skilled developer is taking improv classes. Oh, I'm right sure. I'm sure. Like, me too. But the the teacher was trying to get us to see that if you have two chairs on the stage, you can put them together and then you could maybe have a bench. Right. Or you could put them together and it could be like a table. Yeah. But he looked at me when I said a conversation and he was like, oh, I love how your brain works. And I was like, what? That was like the first time I like realized because I was very quiet and followed the rules. And I learned how to like when I was in school, I like I showed I was I was teacher's pet. I was like get the good grades. I like was able to mask, but I had a lot of creativity that I wish somebody was like, that's okay. Be a menace. Uh, Now I did that, but I'm the best menace now. (laughs) Thank you. So then he was like, well, the goal is to get to a conversation and like to have two characters, but you like skipped 20 steps. And I think that there are certain, and that's probably what happens with Hazel when it's like, write your name. She's like, I want to write a book. Mm -hmm. Like it's the brain is just moving so much faster and she's just like got things to create. So like, she just is like, why would I write my name when I could like have a conversation about Rome? (laughs) It's like all, all good things come back to Bluey as we, as we all know, but there's, an episode of Bluey called Chess, which I like think about a lot when I like am projecting my issues. Have you seen this episode of Bluey? No. You should watch it. It's everything that you believe, but basically Bluey's dad is trying to teach Bluey to play chess because smart people play chess and oh. he wants her to be smart. And as she, he's explaining how to play chess, she's just picking out all the pieces and playing with them in like a very, you know, big different way and like asking a bunch of questions. And like, eventually at the end, he gives up on playing chess, but the mom is like, we'll get to their head. But for now we work on their heart. And like, that's what we, that's the focus now is like, you'll get there. It'll, it'll come on its own, but we start with heart and it'll go to head. And it's so sweet. So that's I what I try to tell myself in these moments. Well, also speaking of Bluey, somebody told me there's an episode because when I told my sister once that you can either have connection or be right, she said that there's an episode of Bluey about that. That like Bluey really oh. wants to win. Yes. So I'm maybe remember which ex- which one exactly that is, but that is. Oh, she wants to. Oh, I can tell you, it's the it's a Granny's episode, and. And Bingo, her sister, wants the granny to floss, to do the floss dance. Yes. And Louie is like, grannies don't floss. And to prove that, they FaceTimed their grandma and said, grandma, do the floss. And she was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so the way that, like, and Bingo was like, well, I don't want to play because I just, like, wanted floss because it's like, and so, like, and her mom basically was like, you're going to have to accept that, like, this is the way that she does it and the way that Bluey gets over this is by getting on the FaceTime and teaching her grandma to floss. Okay. So that grandmas can floss. So well, cute. it's true. I, my sister and I, and I know I'll let you go after this, but I have to tell you this story. <laughs> Hang out with me all day. All day. My, my other sister, so the one told me about the connection, be, you can either have connection or be right, Bluey episode. Then my other sister 
her, I, she came to pick me up. We were going to the ice cream museum last summer and, um, or sometime, I don't know, maybe it was this winter, whatever. I, she picked me up with her kids and her two-year-old was like, oh, remember when I came to the pool at your house? Cause my building has a pool. Yeah. And I said, yeah. And then the seven-year-old said, well, you don't have a pool. Your building has a pool. And my sister was like, we're working on that needing to be right. And I was like, oh, I'm working on this too. Cause this, I was working on it in a relationship I was in at the time because I was with somebody who we both really wanted to be right. And we both have a lot of information in our, in our field. And so we were like butting heads and I was like, fine. I, oh, you can't always just like be right. You like have to choose connections sometimes and just be like, okay. But we modeled, my sister and I modeled something. So she, we were talking about Mary Kate and Ashley and watching those movies when we were little. and. And she was like, remember that song? It went like, I am the cute one. She's just my brother or he's just my brother. And I was like, no, no, no. It's she's just my sister. And we were like pretending to argue about it. And my sister goes, oh, whatever. You're probably right. I just liked watching those movies with you. Aww. I know. And I literally felt like even though we were modeling it, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, me too. Like, and it's like, like, it's so real because it's like. Yeah, like what's the point of needing to be right when you're like losing that connection? And so like in that moment we were modeling for a six and four-year-old, I was like, I know that was fake, but like I felt sad that I was like arguing over it because like I did just want to have a memory with my sister of our childhood. <laughs> Sweet. I know. I know. So Bluey, you can you can either choose connection or to be right. It's true. Model prep. What should this podcast episode title be? That's a good question. Projecting your fears (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. That's the one. How to how to how to how to be an adult who sends their kid to kindergarten, not how to send your kid to kindergarten. (laughs) Right. Because and that is that is the hard part. Like your kids are ready for kindergarten. It's that it's that certain kindergartens have changed, but like there is no Kindergarten is for learning and they're going to learn everything. They don't have to come in knowing everything. That's ridiculous. So yeah. they they just have to know how to take care of themselves and like to ask for what they need. I guess that's like the point of life, right? We're not expected to know everything, but we do have to know how to problem solve or heal ourselves. Yeah. So yeah. This is, how to, this is just how to be a parent who sends their kid to kindergarten, not how to get your kid ready. It's how to get yourself ready. <laughs> how to get yourself ready for kindergarten. How to get, how to get a 36-year-old ready to send somebody to kindergarten. <laughs> That's, That's really, the title. That's it. I love it. Oh, my gosh, Katie. Thank you for being here. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. So you're excited. my favorite person ever. Mm-hmm favorite person. Well, I really do. Anyone that's listening, you know, I, I feel like I like, I like at any event, I'm like, have you met Katie? <laughs> Don't I do that to you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but I'm Katie. Just, I'm your evangelist. People like all of my friends, I, I friends without kids who know, like very much know who you are. Like all of like my friends that, that I worked with in California, they're like, oh, Miss Beth, how's Miss Beth doing? And like my, like one of my best friends in Brooklyn's like, oh, we love Miss Beth. Miss Beth's oh. amazing. These are all people without serious relationships or children. They just like. I appreciate is- that. Somebody told me the other day I was at uh, Drag Bingo and 
seeing a preschool teacher friend uh, perform and this, there was a mom there that I hadn't seen in a couple of years. Oh, actually she has a daughter named Ren too. And she said, she was like, oh, my little brother and all his friends still follow you and talk about your posts. And they're just like these single guys in their 20s. See? I'm telling you. I was like, I will give them a shout out. I was like, well, tell them to rate and review my podcast. She's like, I'm sure they already did. Everyone listening needs to rate and review. Oh, yes. Let's say that. Rate and review the podcast, please. Rate everyone, rate and review podcast. If you love Miss Beth and you want other parents to not feel the anxieties that I feel and that like, if you're listening, you probably feel you want other people to hear it. And the only way that people hear it is if we share and we evangelize and we rate and review. Oh, I love you. You are so... (laughs)